0: Hello everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post-game live producer. Joe, uh, Seattle threw the Delaware Valley a curveball in the expansion draft. Uh, they selected Carson Terensky uh, in Wednesday night's expansion draft. He is headed to Seattle to play for the Kraken and I don't think anyone saw that coming uh, Jacob Borchek did not go. James Van Riemsdyk did not go. Shane Gossespierre, all the big names out there. Uh, and the Kraken went with Carson Torinsky. Just how surprised were you, Joe? And what does this really do for the Flyers all season in terms of obviously cap space and wanting to do more uh, as they try to improve into next season?
1: Uh, I was really surprised. Um, I thought they'd, they'd go you know, after a guy that's going to generate offense. I mean, Carson Swarensky's a, a nice, you know, bottom six, I'd say, but really bottom three. Um, you know, we saw him play fourth line time with the Flyers this year. And, you know, and, and actually A.V. seems to really like Carson Swierinski. Um, So he, he's a nice player to fill out a roster. That's not what I was expecting. Um, but if you look at how Seattle drafted their, through their expansion draft, I think they drafted with the understanding there's a lot more work to do because they, outside of Mark Giordano and Jordan Everly, they didn't really take any big ticket items, let's say. Um, so I, I really think that there's going to be some more moves. Maybe the Flyers involved, maybe they're not. Um, but I really, um, I was definitely surprised. Um, and I'll say as far as what it does for the Flyers offseason, let's wait and see because I'm not totally convinced that they aren't involved in something going forward here to clear up some of that cap space. If they're not, then I, I, I would say it put, puts handcuffs on the Flyers offseason. I mean, in order to move and, and do, do what the Flyers want to do, they have to unload some of this, um, some of these contracts or one of these contracts at least. And um, Seattle seems like the easy avenue to do so. So uh, I really think it it, it puts a hamper on their plans if the Flyers are not involved in something else, which again, I am not convinced that that's the case. So um, I'm going to wait and see before uh, making a judgment on the off season. But if there's not another move to come to clear up cap space, I, I I feel like a lot of people are going to be let down by this off season because there's just not a lot of room to maneuver if you can't move any of these, these uh, big contracts off the books.
0: Yeah. I think the flyers deep down were thinking if they still have James Van Reems like Jacob Borchuk and Shane Gossespierre, they weren't going to be upset. Uh, those are, those are pretty good players. Uh, two of them were tied for the team leading scoring. Shane Gossespierre led their defenseman in goals. He was second on the team in power play goals. These are good players um, that can impact the flyers next season. Uh, but As we know, this is a flat cap world and the Flyers are still trying to make moves uh, and try to fill holes and in order to do that you need to clear money. And this was a really good way to possibly clear money uh, and have Seattle basically just take it. I think the league, uh, many teams across the league, had that in mind. Uh, They had cap relief in mind as they were putting together their protected list and I don't think Seattle really cared. Um, They didn't help a ton of teams with with their cap situations. Uh, and that's just the nature of the business and what Seattle did. They, they were free to pick anyone and they, they picked a guy like Carson Trinsky who played only seven games for the Flyers last season. He has only one NHL, NHL goal to his name. So it was just a very surprising pick. Uh, but I do, I think the Flyers are done or do I think this like really hurts our off season? I don't think so. There are still plenty of ways to move money. Uh, you can move money. It might take, um so it might take some more maneuvering and some more negotiating with other teams obviously when you make a trade you might have to um in order to get someone you might have to obviously include some big names and you're going to have to find some takers for some of this money that they have but these players are attractive they are attractive trade chips um so there are ways to move money um there is still the entry draft there is still free agency and there's still the rest of the offseason for trades uh Chuck Fletcher in his first offseason made four trades uh, in June before free agency even hit. So he made a lot of moves. They, they weren't moves of this magnitude, ones where you're going to have to move a ton of money or acquire a Ryan Ellis. But he did make moves, and, and uh, there there's still ability to do so. So I think it's a curveball. I think it, um, it doesn't help them. But I think it's just a thing that they have to adjust to and uh, move forward and, and see what they can do. Joe, as you mentioned, there's still plenty, plenty left to be done. The trade freeze, uh, in effect, uh, is lifted on uh, Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So teams can negotiate and trade with any, everyone again at that time, and uh, we could see some maneuvering.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's why I say I have to wait and see because it all depends on the, bil- the ability to move money because if they don't move money and they stand pat, there's not a lot they can do. No. But obviously the, the Flyers have to have plans of moving money and ideas on how to do so. So I'm going to wait and see on that one. And, and just to mention – you know, you mentioned Carson Torensky and his experience. The uh, If you look at who Seattle drafted, how many times as that draft unfolded last night did you see guys with 25 or less games experience in the NHL? It seemed like almost every player they picked had very limited experience. I mean, you know, there were a few guys who were a little bit over that. Um, they, the yarn croak from, the, from Nashville, you know, had a good season last year and they picked some promising guys, but the majority of their picks were very limited experience guys. And then they got some, you know, mid-level veterans like a Jamie Alexiak who we've talked about several times as, you know, would be attractive an attractive guy for the flyers. Um, he of course uh, was selected by Seattle and then signed an extension. So he's off the table for the flyers, unless it would be a trade situation, but the way he was presented there last night, I don't see that being the case. Um, I honestly felt like the only headline of the draft was Mark Giordano. I mean, they basically plucked their captain from Calgary, a guy who won the Norris Trophy two years ago. But other than that, nothing made me go, "Wow, I can't believe that guy was picked or that guy was unprotected." Um, there was, a, I mean, Vince Dunn from St. Louis is a—I think he's a future number one pick or sorry future number one defenseman um he had a really good year last year and i so i think that'll be a great pick for them but as far as right now um nothing other than giordano stood out to me
0: joe i didn't see a ton of skill that that was picked and added to the roster like i didn't see any picks where i was like man that's that's a that's a player with um high level skill that's going to make flashy fun plays and make things happen like it seemed like almost every guy was like, "Hey, he works really hard. Um, he plays the full length of the rink. Um, he's a quality guy, which is which is fine and good." Um, but man, I wonder if they're going to struggle to score goals. Obviously, there's still a lot to be done. But yeah, right. think- and
1: in true in true Dave Hackstall fashion, they really loaded up on defense. Yeah, um, as I mentioned, I I think Vince Dunn is a really good up and coming player, 24 years old. I think he'll be a number one defenseman in this league, um, and. Who knows? I mean, Giordano will obviously be their number one, but he could be their future number one defenseman. But as you said, I mean, their forwards really, you have to look at the group of forwards they, they picked in this expansion draft and say, oh, there's, there's work to be done here, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Everly was the biggest name they took. And, um, you know, he, he's a nice player, but there's probably 25 Jordan Everlys in the NHL or more. So like you said, not, not a ton of skill and, you know, Dave Hackstall, his system, a lot of you know, what we know here in Philly, there's, there's a big focus on defense and clearly that's the way they drafted last night in the expansion draft.
0: And to show you how much cap relief the Flyers could have gotten, if say Jacob Vorchek was selected or James Van Riemsdijk or Shane Goss Fair. according to cap friendly, the Flyers have just under, um, 9. 9.9 and a half million in cap space right now. That is before some of the restricted free agents get new deals like Carter Hart, Travis Sanheim. Um, but Jacob Voracek has a cap hit of 8.25 million. So that is close to almost matching the Flyers entire cap space right now, this all season currently, as we speak. So um, James Van Riemsenck has a 7 million cap hit. Shane Gosses fair, 4.5 million. So if the Seattle Kraken took one of those players, the Flyers certainly would have gotten some nice, uh, cap space there uh, in an important all season where um, we are in flat cap world and the Flyers really need to make some moves. Uh, they've made a big one with Ryan Ellis, but there's still work to do. So we'll have to see. But that was a big surprise um, in a busy all season with a lot of events. Joe, speaking of events, uh, the NHL draft is coming up. Friday to the first round, Saturday the second round. Uh, is that an area where you could maybe see the Flyers making a move? Maybe they trade the 13th overall pick. Um, we do see draft night trades sometimes that involve, uh, obviously, players and, 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 and teams making moves about the now, not just, obviously, picks and the future.
1: Well, everything we've heard since the end of the season from Chuck Fletcher in the couple media availabilities that he's had is that teams are not willing to take on money and term. Um, the Flyers' big deals all have money and term. So there's going to have to be something to entice these teams to take someone. And I think that the 13th pick is, you would think, has to be included in any of those deals. So I think the fan base would like to see them trade the 13th pick. Um, And I think that's absolutely in play. Um, When we heard Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair talk last week, they had that little joke about how Brent wanted, you know, Brent wants me to keep the pick and all. And that, that all that told me was that in no way is Chuck Fletcher committed to keeping that thirteenth pick. That anything's on the table, um, because generally when a when a GM is has sights set on making a pick, you hear it definitively. We're keep we're staying at the or you know we're keeping our draft pick. We have to you know replenish our young guys things like that. And you heard none of that out of that press conference last week with Fletcher and Flair. So I think anything's on the table there. And I think any deal that's made is going to have to include that 13th pick. Um, I just don't see any way
0: around it. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships the ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own unlock the energy and order yours at acura.com
2: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: The one night when the world comes together. The world's biggest show on the world's biggest stage. The opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics... It's Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on NBC. Yeah, Joe, when they joked about, um, well, Brent Flair wants me to keep the pick, and Chuck kind of left. Obviously, Brent Flair is their assistant general manager. He oversees their drafting and scouting, and uh, he always wants to keep first-round picks. That That's like his crown jewel of all the work they put in throughout each year looking at prospects. I really wonder if Brent Flair... Um, was cringing a little bit when he got the protective list from Seattle because, if anything, that just made that 13th overall pick much, much more movable um, because the Flyers did not get what they wanted or what they were maybe hoping for in the expansion draft, and that was cap relief. They got very little of it, hardly at all. Carson Torinsky is a restrictive free agent, so he was technically kind of already off their books if you look at cap friendly and some of the numbers out there on the internet. And his cap hit was like, 775 like thousand. He was still on his entry-level deal. So long story short, uh, the cap relief was not there or gained for the flyers. And that has to make that 13th pick even more movable for the flyers, which probably makes Brent flair um, cringe a little bit because uh, he really likes that 13th overall pick. I wouldn't be surprised if the flyers keep that pick and drift. Um, Chuck Fletcher has said in three years that he's been here and uh, in three drafts, the Flyers have had under Brent flair and Chuck Fletcher, he's never ruled out trading the first round pick. He's never taken it off the table. He has said it's always, he's al- he has always made his first round pick available for the right price. Uh, but he did say um, a couple of weeks ago that he's probably more willing to move it than in the past, just given where the Flyers are. And the expansion draft did not help them really tighten up and want to keep that pick. Uh, I think it is possibly movable. And it's, it's just another asset to the Flyers all season of trying to make trades that get better. So we really had to, wait and see how that goes. Um, Joe, any other time where you think the Flyers can make a splash Uh, for agency starts next Wednesday. Um, But again, as we said, spending, uh, they're really going to have to make some room. Um, Maybe they get some mid tier guys. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. What what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think everything is predicated on them being able to move some money because I mean, that, that little cap space they have opened up is going to be taken up by some restricted free agents that they already have pretty much. So, I mean, you know, there's not much room to move right now, so they have to subtract before they add. Um, yeah, there's some, I mean, we mentioned a few guys out there on this, like an Alex Kologoski and some, some down the lineup type defensemen that could help this team. Um, Jamie Alexiak was one of them, of course, and now he's off the table. Um but yeah, I, I, they, they have to, first things first is to move. And, and I think that everything Chuck Fletcher has done and said, he knows that and their unprotected list with Seattle shows that their number one priority is to move some money off the books to uh, free up some ability to do some other things. And again, we've talked about this before. They have a Sean Couturier contract coming down the t- down the pike after next season. And, you know, that's not going to be a cheap contract. Um, There's not that many players in the, in the league that play like him. Uh, It might be a list of two Bergeron and Couturier. Um, So, you know, that's another thing that's in the, has to be in the back of their mind because I don't think you can approach this off season. Like they're trying nothing. They're not trying to win the Stanley cup next season, but you can't approach this off season. Like they're one piece away from winning the Stanley cup. I think it's obvious that they're not. So you know, you have to keep what's – okay, what's good for next season, but how about the season after that and the one after that? Those things have to be in your in – the, the, the foref- at the forefront of your mind because that's a big Sean Couturier deal that's coming up.
0: Yeah, you really have to project down the line always because, uh, yeah, Sean Couturier is going to be do a big raise. His contract has become a bargain. And then Claude Drew is – Maybe the also-
1: biggest bargain in the league. But- I think that Couturier contract might be the – The number one bargain across the NHL.
0: Yeah. And and Claude Drew is set to become an unrestricted free agent the same year as Sean Couturier, which is obviously next all season. So they'll have a big decision there. So, yeah, there's a lot lot in play with money, cap, and all that stuff. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs.
2: We're driven by the search for better.
3: The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
0: Joe, as we mentioned, the NHL entry draft coming up this weekend. First round on Friday, second round on Saturday. So let's discuss draft prospects for a little bit. Let's just give fans maybe one target that we like for the Flyers if they keep that 13th overall pick. So who are you going with, Joe?
1: I'm going to say Cole Sillinger um, because the Flyers need – they need to focus on the center position. Um, To be successful in this league, you have to be solid up the middle. And the Flyers haven't really focused on the center position over the last couple drafts. So I think that that needs to be an area of focus in this draft. Um, The name might sound familiar. It's former Flyer Mike Sillinger's son. Mike Sillinger, not a great player, but a solid player for the Flyers back in the day. I think he played for 12 different teams over his career um, in the NHL. So definitely a lot of NHL experience in that family. Um, You know, I I really like what Sillinger brings to the table. Um, Reading some of the write-ups on him, including your own. I, uh, I really like what Sillinger brings to the table. And again, you, when, when you look at a guy like Sean Couturier, you see, or, or just look around the league, a guy like Patrice Bergeron, you see how valuable a center can be. And a, and a top six, really a top line center can really sway the way a whole team is playing. We always talk about with Sean, a guy like Couturier, When Couturier is in the lineup, everything kind of falls into place. And when he's not in the lineup, everything's out of place. And that's what a good, solid center can bring to your team. And I think the Flyers need to focus on that because, um, you know, the guys are getting up there in age. Claude Giroux, we mentioned, and his future uncertain being, you know, uh, a free agent after next season. So, um, And they just have unloaded Nolan Patrick. So that's another center that's not there. So I think they're getting a little bit bare up the middle. So I'm going to say Cole Sillinger uh, because he's one of the top center prospects in this draft. Of course, it seems like most players in this draft are going to be something of a project. So it's not like they would come in and make a difference right away. But I don't, I think the Flyers need this down the road a little bit. I don't think they need it necessarily right now. Of course, they'd always welcome it right now. But I think this is – if you stay at 13 and you make this pick, you have to be thinking a few years down the road, and I think Cole Sillinger would be the pick for that.
0: Yeah, they're going to draft the best player available, specifically in the first round. It's kind of always a mindset um, of the Flyers is draft the best player available. Best guy on your board, they obviously come up with a list, Uh, they rank the kids, and then they go with that best player available. But, Joe, I'm with you. I think if they have maybe an area where they can replenish, it's at center. They went real winger heavy last year, real winger heavy. Um, and they look okay on defense. We, we know the prospects there on defense. The Zamolas, the Yorks. Um, so I do think center, and it's a premium position too. So I could really see them wanting to get centers throughout the course of the draft. Um, I don't know when they'll get them, but I really could, could see that being um, uh, you know, in their heads uh, as they look uh, throughout each round. Joe, I'm going to stick on the center theme. I'm going to go Chaz Lucius. He's out of the U.S. National Development Program. Big center. He's from Minnesota. As we know, Brent Flair and Chuck Fletcher were both in Minnesota for a long time. They have a really good pulse on Minnesota kids. They uh, look they look in that state. Obviously, it's a hockey hotbed of a state. Um, so he's from Minnesota. He's going to the University of Minnesota. Big center, good size, 6'1", 185. And he's got a really, really impressive shot. He dealt with some injuries and stuff in his draft year, but um, his goals were really impressive. Um, he scored 13 goals in 13 games for the, U, the U18 team. And then with Team USA and the USHL, he scored 13 goals over 12 games. So uh, his numbers were very impressive. Um, eye-opening size and really good scoring down the middle. Um, I think he would be an attractive kid that I think will be available in that range. So I like Chaz Lucius out of the U.S. development program But the Flyers will certainly have some guys there that they should like. The 13th overall pick, as Chuck Fletcher mentioned, uh, is a high-value asset. Um, They value it highly. And uh, it's a good pick. In a year where there's a lot of unknown with the draft, Joe, um, a weird draft year with COVID-19. So a lot of unknown with these prospects. Teams might value a guy way more than a separate team does. So it's going to be a very interesting draft. And, you know, we'll find out by Friday night when it comes around to the Flyers pick if they still – hold that pick or if they don't but uh should be interesting
1: you know what's what's interesting about this Jordan is I I don't know if I ever remember going into a draft where I I feel like it's almost unanimous that the fan base does not want them to make the pick because they want them to use it as a bigger piece um and then when you hear like last week Brent Flair says there's not a generational player in this draft there's another thing that you don't it's not like common to hear just that definitive of a statement from a front office person for a team. So when you combine all these things, it doesn't seem like anybody wants them to make this pick, but you know, you never know. You you really never know. I mean, these, these things become a crapshoot and in drafts all over sports, you hear things like, Oh, well, there's not a real difference maker in this draft. And then, you know, three years later you're looking down the draft board and there's, all-stars up and down you, yeah. so you never know you really don't
0: no you truly don't um and like like Brent Flair said he doesn't think there's a Connor McDavid in the draft that doesn't mean the draft's weak it just means there's not a generational player at the front um Connor McDavid is going to go down as one of the best players to ever play this game this sport on the on the plant on planet earth so like
1: and um, I, and I think in the past you've heard things like there are generational players, and they're this guy and this guy. And one of them that comes to mind is the draft Nolan Patrick was in. Yeah. I felt like people talked about Nico Heeshear and Nolan Patrick, like they're potential uh, generational players. And right now, neither of those guys look like they're generational players. No. So, I mean, it's, it's not always like, okay, well, this guy said this, so it's definitely true.
0: And, and you saw um, some good players go after those two. Like Elias Petterson is one that comes right to mind. Um, and Cal McCarr, I believe, right? Yeah, and McCarr was yeah. next. He was fourth overall. Uh, Pettersson went right after him. Um, so some good players, you know, they maybe good players that don't go top two. Uh, but there, there's going to be good players in every draft, guys that can impact you down the line. Um, so I think the fly. I will not be surprised if the Flyers make this pick. I sh- certainly won't be surprised if they move the pick. Um, I, to me, like it's still in my head, it's like a 50-50 thing. Um, but it's going to make it very interesting because like you said, Joe, I think this is maybe the one off season where Flyers fans kind of are putting the NHL draft in like, like third or fourth on their priorities in terms of what they're following and hoping for the team to do. Like everything right now is like make trades and hopefully get some bigger names, maybe sign some guys in free agency, lose a guy in expansion. I feel like the draft is kind of on the back burner for them. Um, So I think this is the one year of fans would not mind if they, if they moved that pick and, uh, something big about the present and not the future but joe this was fun uh as we have said ad nauseum, uh how big july is and there's still a ton to go we have the entry draft this weekend um we still have free agency next week and you certainly have to think there could be some trades in store so we'll have all of it as this busy july continues but it was great chatting with you thanks so much as always a big thank you to ben barry our podcast producer um, and also Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.